plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Giants. I am your host, Art Stapleton of The Record. You can read all my coverage of the New York Giants on NorthJersey.com and in the print editions of the record, obviously across USA Today Network. It is Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Fan Appreciation Week rolls on at Locked On Giants. First two guys, Steve from Berkeley yesterday and Jeff from Lyndhurst. Uh, both shows, over a thousand listens within 24 hours of the show posting. So... The response has been incredible from this audience, so I thank you. And we move on to day three. Uh, and if this is my cleanup hitter, I would really, uh, I'd say this guy has been been with me for a couple of years. Follow me on Twitter. I've got a chance to hang out at his tailgate at MetLife Stadium. It is Mike from Jersey. Mike, without further ado, welcome to Locked On Giants. Thanks for having me on here, Art. Uh, I really appreciate it. And you know, it's funny uh, what you just said. The the last two episodes uh, with over a thousand listens uh, and downloads in the first 24 hours, you know, just last season you started this podcast, uh, I think maybe after the draft. I'm pretty sure it was after the draft. And Yeah, we didn't start it up until the summer. Yeah, just that, yeah, right. I think going into the off-season workouts and stuff, I remember you bouncing some ideas around and it's, just, it's cool to see how uh, quickly this uh, took off and, you know, the crowd that you attracted to it well it's always appreciated and like i said uh, have some fun you know the idea of being on social media we go back and forth all the time people throw questions out you know and and it's kind of hard to limit uh your responses or your questions to 140 characters and plus what i've learned is a lot of the fans out there you know have a lot of background and you know, come from a lot of different areas. So I wanted to bring some people on and talk about it, and and here we are. So first up for you, Mike, tell me a little bit about your history as a Giants fan. How'd you start rooting for the team, and kind of what's your uh, what's your sweet spot as far as when uh, you know when you you kind of hit the. I know you're you're uh, in this quote unquote millennial generation a little bit. So tell me about uh how you became a Giants fan and where your uh allegiances lie. <laughs> so it's actually uh kind of funny. I have an uh older brother and uh at a young age, you know, it was just one of those you, you follow whatever your brother kinda does and, you know, anything he says, anything he wears, you know, I, that's just what I did and he's actually a Cowboys fan, so <laughs> I was extremely little, and you know, parents showed me some old photos that it's uh, they're hard to look at because uh, you know he used to dress me up in cowboy stuff. He used to drive my dad nuts, and you know, once I got to the age about uh, six six years old, and you know, I could start comprehending some stuff and realizing that uh, there's no way I'm going to be a fan of them. Uh, my my dad became a lot happier once I started wearing the Giants blue. But uh, we've had season tickets in our family uh, since since I've been born. Uh, I was at the first game after 9-11, uh, actually, so that was a really cool experience and something I'll never forget. Uh, actually,
actually having a lot of the firefighters and police officers sit uh, to my left and right and getting the, to interact with them was really cool. Uh, I was at the first game of, of MetLife Stadium when they played Dallas and the lights went out. That was, uh, that was pretty funny and a uh, crazy experience. And uh, probably the biggest game I've been at was the NFC Championship game between the Giants and the, and the Vikings when uh, the Giants yep. shut them out 41 nothing, I believe. I think that was 2001. Uh, but, you know, we've... Uh, Always been, always been huge Giants fans in my family. Um, there's not many games we miss, even when they've had their down years. We're we're there for the tailgate. We we kind of treat Sunday as our own little our own little holiday. Now you obviously take it take it seriously. I've be- stopped by your tailgate a couple times, and I know you. You know the one time I went, you showed off your uh, your Giants blazer, which I thought was uh, certainly a you know an interesting choice of fashion to go to the game um that tailgate now you know again i I, i've given everybody who's coming on come on so far the idea of if you don't want to give up too much of your personal information but your your story i mean i know you're a big uh science buff you're into nasa weather you know meteorology is really your you know in addition to football your, your your love at this point um but You've made some some trips to come back to see the Giants the last couple seasons. I don't know if you want to share that as to where you are located. I mean, I know Jersey's home, but that's uh, you've made some you made some commitments to come back for Giants games. That's for sure. It's funny. Um, so we're we're all looking forward to the draft, which is as of tomorrow, three weeks away, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, uh, three weeks away as of tomorrow. But you know the. the big date for me is between the 17th and the 21st because I believe that's when a few of the uh, NFL uh, sources like Schefter and Ian Rapport, uh said that they think that's when the schedule release is going to be and that's actually the biggest the biggest day for me because you know I've been saving up and when that schedule release comes out I planned about three trips three trips that I know won't be during my uh, winter break or Thanksgiving break or any of that because I'm in grad school in North Dakota right now. Right. So, you know, as much as I love the Giants, there's no way that I'm just sitting out here in North Dakota watching the game. So I save up uh, a little bit throughout this this offseason, and when the schedule release comes out, I'll probably book about three flights to come home for, uh, you know, what what games I think will be worth, worth coming home for. I think last year I only missed I missed the Saints game, and I can't remember the other one, but I think I only missed two games last season. So, it, you know, uh, the friends and family and my girlfriend kind of look at me like I got five heads when I'm spending all this money. <laughs> <laughs> to come home from North Dakota. To go come home yeah. from North Dakota. That's not uh... any, Yeah, not an easy trip either. So, yeah, a couple connecting flights, but, you know, it's, uh, this is what we love. Like I said, uh, Sundays are our holiday. Well, that's, like I said, that's great stuff. Just to, just to show a little bit of your de- dedication, because I know you. You know, it's easy to say I'm a fan, but but you're a dedicated fan and one of the most dedicated that I've come across. So yeah, I think you deserve a little little props on uh, on the show. So let let's talk let's talk a little football. I know you're a big mock draft guy. I know you've done some mock drafts over the last three weeks or so. Um, how thi- you know I've done my mock drafts you know you and I have actually exchanged ideas if you know at this point you're now 3 weeks out from the draft tomorrow as you said 
if you had your ideal pick at 23, within reason, I mean, we're not going to say Miles Garrett is going to be on the Giants, but wh- who are you looking at? What do you like at 23, and what do you think is the best fit, uh, not just for this year, but, but going forward? So I know, I know the offensive line talent is you know, not believed to, to be the greatest this year. It's still clearly a need for us. Uh, we need a swing tackle that could you know, uh, bring competition to the left side or, you know, make or possibly even start on the right side. Um, Giant fans, including myself, we've been dying to get a playmaker at linebacker. Um, But, and and then you still have to think about, you know, quarterback. I know a lot of fans that are in the win-now mode, but the the window with D.Y., I believe, Giants owners and recent, uh, they dropped that two- to three-year window. Uh, but a lot, it, it like it, it. A lot depends on on who's there. And the one thing I've noticed in the mock drafts are there's a lot of variety. Even when you start looking, uh, you start looking at some of the draft analysis and their mock drafts. You know, it seems to not be as consistent and uh, easy to predict as years before. Right. Um, that's just uh, my opinion, but. So I kind of look at if one of the top tackles are there, you know, uh, whether it be uh, Forrest Lamp or uh, Garrett Bowles, you know, I, I think not only investing in them now helps Eli, but when that transition period comes from Eli to, an, uh, you know, another younger quarterback, you can have all the talent in the world you want at quarterback, but if there's no one there to protect them, you know, it's, it's not easy. and we are coming up on a transition period from Eli to a younger quarterback. So I think making sure you have a young foundation uh, on the line or at the offensive line position yep. will only make that transition easier. So See, now, I like, I, I like, I like Lamp, uh, which is kind of funny because I know I've gotten that meme uh, from, from people, the I like Lamp <laughs> thing that goes around, but – um, I think he's probably more of an interior guy. I think he could, he probably could play uh, tackle if need be. Uh, maybe almost like a, a David Deal kind of guy. You know, really similar in my mind to Justin Pugh. There's a lot of talk about his arm length and that kind of thing. Um, Bowles is interesting because I I don't know I don't know if he's ready uh, to right away be at a tackle spot. I don't think there's anybody, and like you hinted at. I don't think there's any of the linemen that the Giants will look at right away and say, you know what, we need to draft that guy and we need to replace Flowers, or we need to take that guy and put him at right tackle and then just let Fluker, Hart, and Jerry battle for one spot, and then that's it. So I agree with you. I think being at 23 makes it harder, too. You know, when you're at 9 or 10 and you've got 9 or 10 possibilities – four of which you know just are not going to be there, it's a lot easier to kind of make your cluster and say, well, these are the four guys I'm choosing from. I don't think the Giants have that capability this year, so it's interesting. Um, you know what? The, does does the idea, I mean, do you have any of the quarterbacks that you look at and you go, man, if he's sitting there at 23, I wouldn't mind having him and have him sit there for two, three years, or do, would you rather see a quarterback later in the draft? So I think for me, the only, uh, you know, I'm not an expert. I don't sit down and and go through game-by-game film. But I think the only quarterback that I would consider worth taking in the first round, and I don't think there's a chance of him being there, is uh, 
Mahomes. I, I just I don't really love uh, Trubisky from uh, Carolina, and uh, not a, just I, I don't know uh, why I have mixed uh, opinions on Watson. But so I definitely think though that in the second round, if one of those guys fall or like a, a Kaiser, which you know I don't think I don't think he will. Yeah. Um, you know. But maybe you know those comments from uh, his his coach or uh, Kelly. You know, I don't, you know, I don't really know how much people look into that. I don't know how teams feel about this quarterback draft. But if one of those top guys somehow are there in the second round, you know, I think that uh, kind of the value there. I think that kind of has to be taken. You know, I don't know if there's a better quarterback to let someone sit behind uh, than Eli Manning, especially when you look at Eli's backups through the years. Uh, some of the veterans, you know, it's the praise they give him uh, for being such a, a teacher uh, of the game at that position is pretty incredible. Yeah, like I said I said yesterday, I think, when I was talking uh, with Steve uh, from Berkeley, the idea that, you know, when these quarterbacks are talking about coming in, they're not cut these young quarterbacks, the developmental guys especially. You're not looking at it as Eli Manning is now going to take time out of his day to sit with you and teach you the playbook. It's the matter of you're watching Eli Manning essentially do the things that you're going to be required to do uh, from the morning until night. And I think that is kind of the value that, you know, you can't really put a price tag on. Uh, I'm with you as far as the quarterbacks in the first round. Uh, I've said all along, I don't think Jerry Reese is afraid to take a quarterback at 23 if they like one enough. Uh, But I still don't know... Uh, if the value is there with any of these quarterbacks in the first round when the Giants potentially have some players that they might be able to take that could really help them long term. I like the developmental guys really in this draft, and, and that's the thing. I get this question a lot, the idea of, well, next year is a better quarterback class, so why not wait until next year? Well, there there are a couple things with that. Number one, I don't think this is a draft a guy, plug-and-play right away quarterback draft this year. But this is a good draft for guys who need development, and you could bring those guys in, and the Giants, the Steelers, the Chargers, uh, to an extent the Cardinals. You know, there are teams that, uh, the Saints, there are teams that have established veteran quarterbacks who are playing, and they're going to be here for the most part outside of Carson Palmer, at least another two years, three years down the road. So from my perspective, if you can get a guy like a Brad Kaya or a Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh, later on in the draft, I know Gerard Evans is somebody the Giants have talked to. Those are the kind of guys that if you draft them and they need two years of work, well, what better place to get two years of work than here? And I think you mentioned Brian Kelly's comments about Kaiser. The interesting thing is, if someone takes a chance on Kaiser in the first round, they now have five years of him. And I think what Kelly was saying is that if you took Kaiser next year, he'd be more ready. Well, yeah, of course, but you probably wouldn't get him at 23 or 24 or 25 next year. There's a chance that Kaiser would be a top 10 pick next year. So just something to to consider going forward. That fifth-year option, Mike, is something that I think uh, for all first-round picks, that's why, like you said, guys hanging around to that end of the second round, 
I don't know if it's going to happen. I think these guys, I think they're going to be teams that are willing to come back into the end of the first round to get one of these quarterbacks, especially if they view them as a developmental guy. I see. I really agree with that point. Uh, people, or I don't want to say everyone, but you know, sometimes that fifth-year option kind of gets forgotten or swept under the rug, and especially for the price tag of you know, if you think about you give this guy two years and one of those quarterbacks to develop into a long-time starter in the NFL, that fifth-year option of what you're going to be paying him is uh, you know a heck of a lot less of what you would need to dish out for after that fourth year is up, say the second-round pick, and you got to get him on a new deal. So that fifth-year option gets. Uh, forgot a lot about, and I agree. I think that from maybe that 20, 20th pick, you know, towards the end of the end of the draft, I think you'll see a lot of teams uh, trying to trade back in. Uh, one last thing on who, uh, you know, the potential pick for the Giants at twenty-three. Um, I know they just signed JPP to a long deal. I know they have Vernon on a long, uh, hefty deal, but everyone always is kind of talking about the linebacker spot and how we don't have, haven't had a playmaker there in forever. You know, the years, it sounds, it's like we're beating a dead horse, but the years that the Giants went on those Super Bowl runs, that defensive line kind of masked those those linebackers. And, if, you know, if an elite pass rusher uh, kind of is there at 23, maybe doesn't go as high as, uh, as expected, you know, like a guy like Barnett or someone, right. uh, I would not be surprised at all if that was it. Because the amount of snaps JPP and Vernon played last year were insane, and the, the better your D line is, you know, the, the less the less you need a linebacker. I would agree. I, I would agree. I think I would think Barnett. Uh, with his college production, uh, he kind of fits into what the mo has been for the Giants since they kind of made that drastic change since the disasters of 2011 and 2012 drafts. Uh, the way everything kind of fell apart uh, when the organizational shift went to more college production, leaders, less projects. You know, Barnett kind of fits into that into that mold. Uh, Charles Harris uh, from Missouri. You know, the tough part, and I agree with you, Mike. I, I know you said it earlier, and and, and I, I say the same thing about myself. You know, it's very easy to pretend that you're an expert on a lot of things. And it's very easy, especially nowadays in social media and everything else, to make you seem like you know every guy that you talked about and you know every every prospect top to bottom. Well, I saw, you know, and the extent of research for some for some of my peers and including myself goes to I saw five or six cut-ups I watched highlights on YouTube and that's pretty much it so you know it's like it's the idea of you know look what I've seen for what I saw from Charles Harris on a couple cut-ups that people keep sending to me and it sounded like he had a good pro day but for the most part you're relying on opinions that you don't know whether or not you should believe or 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 discredit. So um, I, I agree with you. I think pass rush, you know, look, the Giants, because of what they did on the defensive side of the ball, 10 of 11 starters back uh, of their projected defense, and there's still the chance that Jonathan Hankins is back with the Giants uh, for the 2017 season. So they, they're really building for for spots for for who can contribute this year, but also for the future. And you mentioned linebacker before. You know, they I believe they have one linebacker under contract for next year at this point, and that's B.J. Goodson. Everybody else is going to be up for a new deal. 
So you're talking about the turnover of a position. Um, you know, I do you do you put a guy? You know, do you, do you rely on? Devon Kennard, do you think Devon Kennard showed enough last year? He's a player I've always liked. Last year was his best year, I think, from start to finish with the Giants. Uh, do you look at him as a long-term option? You know, Do you think you're going to get Keenan Robinson beyond a one-year deal for next year? I think if they would have committed to Keenan Robinson before... Uh, the whole JPP thing happened, I would have said, you know what, they see Keenan Robinson as a long-term option, but they didn't. They only signed him for a year. So um, linebacker is an interesting one, and don't forget, I know I tweeted this out, corners uh, for, uh, corners, and Jerry Reese are like peas and carrots. Jerry Reese loves his cornerbacks, and if there's a guy who falls, uh, it would not shock me in the least to see Jerry Reese if he believes in the value to have a cornerback at 23 and it it would set off a debate about beyond debates probably more even more than a quarterback being taken at 23 because everyone wants to look at Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple and DRC but after those three guys your next guy on your roster is Valentino Blake and Dante Dion so Though that's your fourth and fifth corners right now, so expect the Giants to get a corner somewhere in this draft. Um, you know, look, hey, look, I'll throw this possibility out at you. You know, second round sitting there, and Sidney Jones from Washington is still on the board. I could see the Giants drafting him in the second round in a heartbeat uh, to take him and come in despite that injury that he had. Yeah. Um. So, you know, go ahead. Kind of got, you know. Last year was a really healthy year, and you know, uh, knock on wood. I hope it's I hope it's the same way next year. But just just from seeing from years in the past, the Giants just with when they go into a season where we like our two starting corners, and you know the depth behind it is kind of gets pushed to the side. People don't think about it. Oh, we got so and so. You know, we have friends. We got DRC a corner. We're perfect. But. You know, it just takes one person to go down, and you're looking at your roster like, oh, wow, we really, we're kind of thin now at that position. So I don't think it's, like you said, I don't think it's uh, absurd to think that, especially if the value's right. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, look, I I still think that with with quarterbacks, if a team, there's going to be movement on these quarterbacks. If guys are moving around, if guys are moving around in this draft, they're going to be moving around to try to get quarterbacks. That, that I, I don't see anyone trading in or up, too far up, in order to get some of these other quote-unquote premier positions. Like, if the, the offensive linemen start falling, they're going to fall to teams that are looking for offensive linemen. I mean, you're looking at... Uh, you know, the Broncos at 20 are probably looking for an offensive lineman. Maybe Miami takes one. Probably not, but maybe. You know, I think the Colts at 15 will take an offensive lineman. The Giants are in the mix for an offensive lineman. You know, those offensive linemen are not going to go top 12. And if they do, it'll be a major shock. So yeah, it, if the offensive linemen start falling, well, you know, I, I think the Ravens are another team that'll likely look for an offensive lineman at some point. Uh, so I think I think the Giants at twenty three, they're going to have their cluster of guys that falls. It's just a matter of 
what you know their board could be a lot different than what we think you know and i i've been pushing you know the the tight end and david njoku and maybe maybe he's the guy who can come in and change this offense i mean i love oj howard uh but i mean there's been some debate over njoku uh to me it, it it's twofold number one He's a willing blocker, but how accomplished of a blocker he is at tight end. But the other thing is, will Jerry Reese really pull the trigger on a first-round tight end compared to the other options that are beyond the board? And I, I think, I think the likelihood of that happening is very slim. I have to be honest. If I'm if I'm sitting there with Najoku at twenty-three, uh, there's a very good likelihood that there's someone else on that board that the Giants will have rated higher. Uh, than Njoku. I, I think he's on their board. I think they like him. Uh, I think if somehow he fell to the the second round, I think the Giants would do everything they can to look about moving up. Uh, you know, it's a similar to a Landon Collins situation. You know, Land- that, yeah. you know, Landon Collins was not a, a not their first round pick. He was not there on the board for the guy for for them to take him where they were picking. But guess what? Second round. He, there's a very good chance that Najoku would be very, very near the top of their board. So, um, you know, and that's the other thing. How, where are you, Mike, on this whole thing? The, the whole, the way we report, and again, it's partly the media's fault, but it's also fans on social media. Do you pay attention to pro days and who's working out where and stuff like that? I mean, do you get all wrapped up in that, or do you kind of let it, let you know, kind of? Oh, that's interesting, and just kind of move on. Well, I'm, I'm curious from your take on, on what you think about, you know, when teams are represented at pro days, and and what, why every, why all the fuss? Why does everybody get all crazy about it? See, now I don't think I ever put stock into it if it's just the owner at a pro day. You know, I thought it was interesting when uh, I believe was it Reese and uh, McAdoo at Mahomes. <clears throat> no, it was just uh, Ben McAdoo. You know, see, if a, if a head coach gets sent there, um, I think I would put a little bit more into it. And, you know, like we said, you know, if Mahomes did drop the 23, I think that's an exceptional value and something that they really would consider. But I, I don't think I put too much stock into it. Um, you know, maybe it's a coincidence with the whole Reese and, you know, where he's been the last few years and, the you know, the players that the Giants ended up taking. But... Personally, I don't put too much into it, and uh, you know it's funny when you look throughout your social media follower following between draft and, uh, analysis and just football reporters and other teams beat writers. It's, it's such a mixed opinion. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, like today, LSU has its pro day. Well, there's really no one at the top of the. I mean, I think the Giants would jump at the chance to have Leonard Fournette. Well, they're not getting Leonard Fournette. I mean, uh, he's not falling to 23, and I don't think they're in a position to make a power move to draft into the top 10 to get Leonard Fournette. I think if they were going to make a power move up high, it would be to get O.J. Howard. But Jerry Reese is at LSU Pro Day. Well, my my response to those who who say that, you know, I kind of put it out there on social media to see how people would react. You know, the the bottom line is, he should be at LSU. He should be building relationships at LSU as he has in the past. He's drafted a lot of guys from LSU. Uh, you know, he should be at Alabama. You know, he should be at. I mean, these schools that produce all the pro, all the the prospects. 
you know, you want to have your teams well represented at those schools. So I, I think uh, sometimes we get caught up in the idea. I mean, look, Ben McAdoo being at uh, Texas Tech for Pat Mahomes, that's significant because Ben McAdoo normally doesn't go to pro days. I mean, I believe it's believed that that's his first pro day as a Giants head coach uh, to go see a quarterback. And plus, he met with the quarterback. I mean, he met with him the day before. Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network reported that that he met with Mahomes. So, you know, but I know the Giants were at Pittsburgh. And I've made this point on Locked on Giants previously. You know, James Conner, a running back, is a, is a prospect. He's a potential day, one, day two guy. Uh, Nathan Peterman is the quarterback. The Giants had their offensive coordinator, Mike Sullivan, at the University of Pittsburgh Pro Day. Do we know he was looking at both? Do we know he was looking at one? Do we know if the Giants really are considering one or the other? We we really don't. So I agree with you. I think a lot of it is uh, is fodder for social media, and then it's connect the dots after the fact. You know, nobody connected the dots with Eli Apple uh, last year. And the idea is that he was near the top of their board. And they didn't connect the dots because, well, if the Giants are at Ohio State last year, of course they're going to be at Ohio State. Look at look at the first-round draft class at Ohio State last year. They should be there. So it's just an interesting, uh, interesting thing. So before we wrap up here, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on this team. I mean, 11 wins last year. Uh, what you know? What are you expecting this year? What are you, you socking away some of that money, trying to make a playoff run, and maybe get to Minneapolis? I mean, I I would imagine the flight from North Dakota to Minneapolis is not as bad as North Dakota to uh, Newark. Oh yeah, no, that, that that's drivable. Uh, <laughs> Minneapolis, that's five hours for me, so that's that's a, that's a car ride. So what do you th- what do you think of uh, of this year's team, and you know what do you what do you want to see, or what are you most excited about between now and uh, and training camp and getting this guy getting this team going? You know, I, I'm I'm kind of really interested to see just the defense itself is so young, and you know they played well above anyone's expectations last year. Um, Spags really got. The, the young talent he, he was able to work with and need it, you know, he has a full year under his belt now with, you know, basically the entire defense, like you said, is returning and, you know, Hankins is still out there and day by day, you know, I think that leans towards the Giants' uh, favor with him maybe returning. So if you could return basically that entire defense, get Darian Thompson on the field healthy, uh, you know, I, it's hard to see how the defense takes a step back. You know, not saying it can't, but I think, you know, uh, your, your chances of having them improve to be, you know, even even better, are, they're more likely. So I think a lot just depends on the offense. I'm kind of interested to see what happens uh, with the remaining few guys on the running back market and, you know, what the Giants decide to do uh, in the draft with, you know, maybe a second or third round pick. But I think the defense is going to be what you saw last year, um, bearing some significant injuries. But I'm interested to see what what the offense does. You know, does McAdoo uh, change things up? Will he have more flexibility next year? Is the, is the offensive line better? Are they do they are they worse? You know, we we hope not. Um, they brought in competition to the right side, 
you, you hope guys stay healthy. Um, you know, and it seemed that Richburg, the second half of the season, started you know having a much better, much better games. So I think the Giants are still just because of their division. You know, the teams they play, they're always tough. I still view all the teams as, you know, some people want to say Dallas' defense is getting gutted. Uh, the Redskins lost all their receivers. I mean, yeah, but they also brought some, some decent replacements in as well. Uh, so I think, the, I think the Giants still sit around a 10-win team on paper healthy, and I, I think they'll be, they'll be in the mix of it just, uh, just like they were last year. So I, I, don't, I don't expect any, you know, crazy season. I just expect another uh, season like last year where there's going to be games that uh, are hard fought and there's going to be a few that they got to win that they're not maybe expected to win. I would agree with you. I think it's a good assessment. I think uh, I think the schedule is a little bit tougher this year. I think they'll have some tough games. I mean, the West Co- four West Coast trips is not easy. Um, I think you'll probably end up having, and for your uh, for your scheduling purposes, I think there's a chance that they may have uh, one one of those West Coast trips back to back. You know, maybe a San Francisco and Oakland, and maybe they stay out there for the week and train out there uh, to limit their travel, and uh, at the very least have one of those trips uh, with a bye week coming afterwards. At least that's what I would expect. But uh, listen, this was fun. I really appreciate you joining the show today, and um, you know, a couple weeks, and the schedule will come out, and you could start plotting your uh, trips back to uh, to Lot M, right? It's M. That sounds good. That's a deal. That's a deal. So Mike from Jersey joining me on the phone from North Dakota. And uh, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you following and reading all our stuff on NorthJersey.com. So, again, that's uh, day three in the books on Fan Appreciation Week, Lockdown Giants. We'll be back tomorrow. So thanks for listening and make sure to spread the word and keep on downloading and listening to Lockdown Giants. Take care. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.